Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Soul himself, Mr. Dell Harley. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming, man. It's very good to see you. How's everything? Hey, I can't complain, man. How are you doing, man? I'm excellent, man. I'm so happy you're here. We've been trying to do this for at least a year, I want to say, man. You know, we've been talking, man, and now you're finally in my studio, hey, as I call it. Better late than never, man. We're but here. Better late than never. So let's just get it started, man. Just tell us about Dell. Tell us what's going on. I know you got some music dropping soon. Yeah, man. Start with that. Um, I got another single dropping. It's called Closure. We're dropping it on Thursday, the uh, the seventh. Nice. Thursday's the seventh, is it? I must have be open with. I think it's the eighth. Is it the eighth? Yeah, you're right. Because four <laughs> days was at the four. So yeah, Thursday, November eighth. I'll be dropping my new single called Closure. You can get it on all platforms: Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, wherever you guys stream your music. It's, it'll be available. Nice, nice, man. I'm happy that. You got new music? I know a lot of people are always, I see you on like Instagram and Twitter and people are like, when is new music dropping? And you like, soon, man, just chill. Just soon, I'm working on it. So when did you first get into music, man? How long have you been doing a music thing? Man, like music's always been around, like ever since I've been a child. Um, my my parents, my parents both immigrated here from like West Africa, Liberia in like the, the, the mid 80s. They, okay. they moved to Ottawa and, uh, and they had me and... Um, I got two other I got two other siblings as well. I'm the I'm the oldest of the three. But um music's always been around. My dad used to DJ a lot of like friends, friends events. So like he used to have nice. like a bunch of collections of CDs and tapes. So just going through that and always having it around. You know, when you're when you're young on Saturdays you used to do a lot of chores. So right, right, right. Play, or play, if you, you know. were me, I didn't do them. So you know. <laughs> So it was always just um it was always just being around uh just being around that and just music is always always just being around and I was always listening to it but it actually wasn't until I came across this like uh, this VHS tape of uh like Michael Jackson Throwback Thursday right? over here VHS tape a, a lot of the listeners probably don't know what a VHS tape is <laughs> I didn't think I you know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wish I was joking, but yeah, no, but um, I came across this VHS tape. Uh, my mom like recorded this uh, um, uh, Michael Jackson live in Bucharest. It was like 1992. Uh, okay, okay, um, okay. I, I put that tape in and like, honestly, when you, it's like anybody who sees Michael Jackson for the first time, you, you can't, you can't like unsee his talent. His talent is undeniable, right, man. Right. You see the passion, you see the conviction. And it was just then I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I was just like, like, damn, this is cool. This yeah. is cool. Michael Jackson was one of the artists. I remember when Michael Jackson died. I went on like a Michael Jackson music binge, right? Like just every day was bad, Thriller, <laughs> Billie Jean. And I'm like, I'm watching the videos over and over, like rock with you. I'm like, damn, yo, he was all shiny and shit in the videos. Yeah, man. So Michael Jackson is always one of those inspirational artists, man. It's just when you look at him and you're like, the talent was just 
crazy. Like, like he's one of those people. Like, did he even have to practice? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, or was he just on the stage? Like, rehearsal for what? I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? <laughs> So. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. It's funny because like, and that's kind of like the impact I want to have as an artist, man. Like, not a lot of people, you know, people around the world, they don't know, they don't personally know Michael Jackson, but the, right. the fact that they know his music and the and that it like it touches people and it resonates, so that you know, the, to have that impact as an artist, you know, that's what I, that's what inspired me to listen right. to him. So I wanna, I wanna, you know, carry that forward. I feel like Michael Jackson will be one of those artists that no matter what generation, you will never not know who he is. Fact, right? Like you will never like there are kids today. That are like Michael Jackson. Oh yeah, we know Thriller. <laughs> you know what I mean? Revolutionary music right there, man. Yeah, man. Also, another thing too is it's like, regardless if you love him or hate him, like you can't, you can't deny his talent. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. His talent was like evident from, from um a child, right? Yeah, and Jackson Five. Then days, he man. really blew when Quincy, Quincy Jones. I just watched this Quincy Jones documentary. Really good, dope documentary. Yeah, it was a doc- dope documentary. So I was like. Oh man, Quincy Jones really helped him get to that next level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you didn't even realize that Michael Jackson was like this young, like he was a young phenom, but he wasn't like to the status he was before Quincy Jones, you know, helped him with the. Uh, I don't know if it was when he did the Off the Wall album or if it was. It was definitely Off the Wall. But off it the was Wall first. Off the Wall was the first album, then Thriller, you know, was like. The one that said, I remember listening to Thriller and I was like, yo, every song on here is literally like a hit. Like every song. You yeah, know? man. So new music dropping on Thursday, man. So when you're doing a song, man, how long does it usually take you to like, like, first of all, what do you start with? You start with the lyrics, you start with the keys, you start with somebody sends you a beat and you like maybe, like, what's the process for you when you're doing music? For me personally, I like to, I like to create the music. I'm a key player. I like to play, well, I play keys. Um, I like to play the music first, man. It all starts with the with the vibe. So if I'm playing something major, if I'm playing a major chord, if I'm playing something minor, that that'll set the tone, and then I'll hum a melody, and then from the melody, it'll turn into words, and then you shape it, and then you trim the fat. So how long does it usually take you to make one song? It it depends on the song, man. Some songs it could happen in like an hour. Okay. <laughs> it could happen in an hour, and some songs it takes like months to really perfect. So yeah. the one song you got that I seen, um. Wow, I can't believe I, I'm not remembering the name right now. You had the video. Come, was it Come to Come With Me? Come to Me, yeah. Come to Me? How long did it take you to, to do that song? To do that song. So actually the song, I co-wrote that song with um, uh, one of my partner's cousins, actually. So okay. um, the words were the words were pretty much like there. He came with like the, the hook idea and then we kind of shaped everything around and then I played the chords and then we built around it. So I think that's like the, the one instance where we've actually – where I've had the words, and then we put the music after the lyrics were were were, were there. Um, but then after uh, figuring the chords out, took it to a producer. Uh, shout out to Neo Tempest, dope engineer, dope mixer. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, and this came together, man. Nice, nice. So a lot of people don't realize when you do a, when you're doing music, you don't actually do the mixing, right? You don't actually do the sound mixing. You send that to. That's another person's talent that it takes. So usually when you. When you got this song, right? You got this 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 project that's your baby. Every song is very obviously very important mm-hmm. to you. How long does it usually take to send it to the engineer or the sound mixer for them to do their portion and then for you to get it back? And is it a back and forth thing where you're like, I don't know if I like the levels on the vocals. I want you to turn them up more or maybe this drum should be more. Am I like, what's that process like? 
of course, it's always a back and forth thing, man. Um, like the process is like you have a song, you you record it. You um, it's either you're recording it yourself or you uh, you go to rec- um, uh, an engineer. They record it for you, and then from that process, you take it to your mixer. Your mixer gets uh, obviously gets the levels right. That's where a lot of the work and a lot of the magic happens. And then from there, you send it to a mastering engineer who makes sure that it's optimal for every single listening experience, so regardless of uh, your, if it's your iPhone speakers, your actual speakers, the mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. So it's all it all sounds the same. It still has the same effect, and nothing's uh, nothing's distorted and nothing's really unclear. So. So yeah. to do a complete song, you know, you do the music part, the lyrics, all of that, and then the sound mix, and it could take what up to a week, maybe, to get a good song. Or maybe depends on the inju- depends on the mixer, man. Depends, depends on, the mixer? on the mixer, man. Some some mixers that are pro in the industry, man, it'll take them like what two three hours. Okay, depends on how uh, how organized a session is. Like I know for me, like I I like to record my I like to record my own vocals. Okay. Um, okay. like uh, on a side note, to go on a side tangent, it's. As an artist, it's it's good to know all to be well rounded, especially in the aspects of recording. So it's good to know how to engineer yourself, what uh, you know, how, how to have your sessions organized so the mixer doesn't have to do that, okay, and okay. as well as uh, well for the mastering. So, but um, to answer your question, um, depends on the en- depends on the mixing engineer. Depends on the engineer. Depends on the mixing engineer. What's the longest it's taking you to do a song? Like, has there been any song you've had that you've written and did the music for, and you're like? It's missing something, and I don't know what is missing, and I can't figure. And it's taking me time. Like I feel like it's there, but it ain't. What do you think is at its, you know, best? I would say not for the mixing process. I would say you would you'd want to make sure you're you have everything in in your song ready before you take it to the mixing process. So have it all ready before prior to. So prior no. To. No. no. Usually when I'm in the mixing process, it's like I know exactly this is how I want it to sound. I want it to be a little clearer. But mixes like less less than a week. And like if you if you have the budget, it can be done the same <laughs> okay, the same okay. the same day. So it all it, it, there's a lot of things that there's a bunch of variables <laughs> that so are determined. You talk about the budget, that just bring me to another question I have. Like to create a song, is there, how much can it cost you to like go into the studio cuz you got to pay for studio time, right? And then obviously you have to pay for whoever's going to be in the studio to record you. And like, how much could it cost you to do just one song? Well, it depends on how experienced you are and it depends on how, uh, how resourceful you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you're, if you're coming into this fresh, um, it can cost, it can cost a lot of money, <laughs> but wow. honestly, right now with technology, a lot of things cost a lot less. So like right. for me, like I, I have my own recording device. I have I have access to studios. I've 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 built those relationships that I mm-hmm. that have given me the access to facilities that I can I can do my own thing and it doesn't cost me an arm and a leg to put a song together. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of people don't realize how long it actually takes to mm-hmm. actually put a song together. They just right. hear the finished product and they don't see the the work that goes into that. Yeah. I mean that's with anything, right? Like yeah. people are always requesting something like why is it taking so long? I mean like it's <laughs> It's a process, yo. You're not under, you're not seeing the work I'm doing. That's the you word, know? man. Like process. I had to rewrite this song like 30 times, man, because it wasn't falling up to par. And know? not even this that. Like sometimes you may write a song and you think it's good, and then you show it to some of your partners, and they're just like, "Yo, this part ain't right," or "This part," uh, you may okay. want to revise that. And then obviously you want the song to be perfect. And obviously as artists, we're always chasing that perfection. So yeah, you, you know, it could always, yeah. You always <laughs> want to make good music, man. It's it's hard to put out. You know a good, lot of good music, especially mm-hmm. for yourself, right? Because you you're the, you're your biggest critic, hundred you know percent, I mean? <laughs> So let's talk about your first performance, man. Do you remember it? How did it go? What was it like? Were you nervous? You know, like 
Take us through that first ever performance <laughs> live. So I, I do remember that performance. So I was I was 15. I was oh, 15. Man. A friend of mine that I used to work with in high school, he convinced me to do this uh, this talent show okay. at a school. It always He's, starts with a talent it show, it? always starts with this You got to show, show your man. talent before you start, you know. Yo, shout out to all those high school assemblies <laughs> and all those high school talent shows putting on for the, for the youth that don't know what they want to do yet. But, um, yeah, so, like, uh, he convinced me to go and sing at this uh, – you know this this talent show. I I sang Usher. You remind me. And uh, when I, I I'm a, I'm gonna leave you with this. Like when I first started, I was I wasn't in the closet singer, man. I didn't sing to nobody. <laughs> like I sang to I sang in the shower when people are like when I was like by myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, like to to nobody, man. So like mixing stage fright, <laughs> mixing stage fright, and uh, you know also with, with, with zero experience of performing mm-hmm. in front of people. You know the. It's 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 a scary thing, man. So, um, I was actually fortunate enough to have a couple people play. Uh, I had like a little band play behind mm-hmm. play behind mm-hmm. me on the record. Uh, well, on the during the performance, but um, so pretty much when I went into you know the the time the time came and you know like all right you know Dell's about to perform this song. Let's start it. So the band starts and my microphone didn't work. Oh, my man. microphone didn't work for the ten, like the first ten seconds. And it's one of those things where it's just like damn like. I don't hear myself. <laughs> right. Damn, am I like am I singing off key and you know mix that with the stage fright? It's a horrible combination, man. So um, it was it was quite frightening. But then after when the mic cut on and then you know you 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 see some people rocking with it and the the performance didn't suck. And then after the performance, you get you know, people you, you know your peers are applauding you. And then it's it was right then and there. I was just like, you know what, this is for me. This is cool. This is what I want to do. I need to keep developing this. Nice, nice. Yes. Did the, after that performance, did uh, did you get more popular with the ladies after that? Were <laughs> <laughs> they coming over like, oh my god, he can sing, <laughs> sing that shit, boy? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I would say a lot of my, a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers in school, they would, they would say, damn, like I didn't know you can sing, like I, you, you, you definitely got some talent, like keep it up, and like it was their encouragement that's, you know, that's led me up to this point. So, I think that's the only reason I would start singing <laughs> if I was a team, like not now, right? Because I'm in a relationship now, but like. <laughs> When I was a teenager, you know what I'm saying, and it, it, it's funny because uh, Frank Ocean's got this song called uh, uh, songs, "Songs for Women." women. Yeah, songs for like, women. That's my jam. Songs for man. women. And so I'm always playing that. Like, if anybody asks me, sing it. If I sing I, songs to get at women, I say yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I couldn't even remember the words, but brother. You a musician, so you already know the words already. Oh man. But yeah, that song is something. I was like, yo, if I could sing, I would sing this song to let them know that I do these songs for you, girl. <laughs> the song is for you, you know? Oh, uh, I was going to say, like, <laughs> like a, a bunch of my friends, a bunch of my homies, that they're the ones that really took advantage of it. Like, we're in the mall, and they're just like, yo, like, yo, this dude can sing. And they, they would approach the women and be like, yo, you want to hear something like Mario, Let Me Love You? Yo, Dell, come over here and sing this song. <laughs> and like, obviously, so I sang the songs for my homies uh-huh. to pick up women. Yo, yeah. hey, you, ultimate wingman right here. Ultimate man. wingman, man. <laughs> the ultimate wingman can sing, man. Okay, <laughs> you know that's the ultimate wingman. So, um, so stage fright. Let's go back to stage fright. When you're dealing with that, do you have a process to deal with it? Like some famous artists, like I know I seen once Usher, he like devised the M and M's, the different colors and stuff to deal with the stage fright. Like, do you have a process that helps you deal with stage fright? So when you get on that stage, no matter what happens, if your microphone ain't working or something goes wrong like you can handle it you got it at first i was always i was looking for something but it honestly it comes to repetition you just have to do it no matter mm-hmm. what even to this day like i was when was my last performance the last performance i did was was november 7th or november 4th 
It's like last week. Last week. Right? Last week. Yeah. So like every performance, honestly, there's like for the first, I would say maybe for the first ten seconds, like as of like my when my first performance, mm-hmm. the first ten seconds of the mic cut off. I just think of it like, as like that. The first ten seconds, it's always kind of uneasy, and then you kind of settle right into it. So honestly, stage fright, it never then the nerves, it never goes away, but it, it shows that like you know. It, it it shows that you you care about this. It's important that you want yeah. people to accept you. So uh, it never goes away. But honestly, with uh with consistency, like you get used to it. Do you grade your own self after a performance? Oh, of course, like, yeah? of course. Yeah. I, I have this rule. It's like I don't think about a performance until like twenty four hours after it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> twenty four hours after it's happened, I write the notes down. I put it away. I don't look at it for twenty four hours. So I don't overthink it, man. Do you um, so like, do you ever have yourself recorded? And then look back at the recording and listen to yourself and go, damn, I could have, I messed up on that note. Or And usually, you know, obviously people don't usually notice these things, but like, do you ever be like, oh, I was a little off key on that note. I got to, I got to practice that better. Or like, like what's your process for improvement, I guess, is the question. Well, you said it there, man. You have to record yourself, man. At first, it was only I was only taking voice notes on my performances, but now mm-hmm. I take video because oh, it's one of those things where it's just like I'm on stage and oh man, you, you you always like you said as as artists we're always critiquing ourselves. We're just like, damn, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Mm-hmm. But it's just like, all right, cool. You just got to look at the things that you find are cool and just really you know boost that and 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 do it more. Do you find it hard to watch yourself? At first, yes, but you yeah. get used to it, man. Because I I know, so I did my first. Stand up comedy show. Hey. And like January this year at Yuck Yucks. How'd it go? It went all right. You know, I, I definitely learned that you gotta know your audience, right? <laughs> and I'm about to say this and I'm probably gonna take it out the podcast. But the first joke I did, so the first stand up thing I did was like an open mic night and there were nine people, right? And so the first thing I said was, Yo, I'm glad so many people showed up for my first first performance because I was worried about nobody coming, right? And then I told him I was going to do one joke. I did one joke, cut off the stage. Then I went from nine people to amateur night at Yuck Yucks with like 60 people, 97% white. (laughs) And the first joke I said was, yo, it's so cold outside, even white people. I even seen white people wearing coats. And I was like, "Mm." as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, Yo, I probably shouldn't have said that. But I had my boy record it, record the performance, and I cringed. I couldn't even look at it. I think I might have looked at it. I still have the video somewhere. I think <laughs> I looked at it once since January. <laughs> you got to show me that. So uh, another question now. So how did they react to it when, once you said the joke? You know what's funny? They actually laughed. They actually laughed, right? And my even my, my friend was like, yo, are they really about to laugh at that? Yo, they are laughing at that. Yo. <laughs> And then I kind of recovered later and was like, there's way more white people here than I thought it was going to be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I wasn't, I wasn't ready, but I, I definitely learned from the performance, man. And so, but I just, I just have, I don't like to watch myself. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't like literally like, hopefully we're going to, we're going to end up going like live streaming is the direction we're going to go for the podcast. And I probably will never watch the video. If it ever needs to be edited for something, I'm probably going to hire somebody to do that portion, even though I took a video editing class. I would say you would have to, man. At first, like, I, I hate to watch myself. I hate to watch videos of myself performing. Like, everybody cringes it, but you have to do it. You have to do it. If you want to improve, if you want to, if you want to develop further, you have to. 
and you're right, man. There's no denying you're right. You have to. I just, <laughs> like, even if it was good, I would hate to see myself. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's the same with, like, well, you're you're an artist, so you probably don't, don't have this issue, but I've done a lot of recordings of the podcast, and a lot of people tend to not like to hear their own voice, the sound mm-hmm. of their own voice, you know, which I think is the same thing in a video. It's like, you don't like this sounding your own voice and you don't like to see yourself on the thing so you really don't want to show nobody <laughs> so i've got it in the vault the only people who have seen it is my girlfriend and a friend of mine and they praised me and i was like i don't know i don't know what y'all seen i don't know what y'all seen so um so i understand you went to film school man i did so how does how do you draw from that experience you know being a film student to and and you know, merge that with doing music. So for me, like after high school, I finished high school at seventeen. I was did high school in Ottawa, where where I was born and raised. Okay. And I I left and I moved on my own here to to moved here to Toronto. And I was just like, all right, cool. If I'm going to be here, if I want to, if music is the end goal, if I want to pursue that, how can I how can I help myself? How can I put myself in position in a position that I can I can make my content or at least know people that can help me that can assist me in building my content? So I was like, you know what? Like I need to. At first, like when I first moved, I went to performing arts. I did like a, pro- a performing arts prep class mm-hmm. um, um, at Sheridan College. Um, a dope program. I met a bunch of dope people there, and I was at that. Uh, and one thing about that program, it was it was actually uh, a prep for theater, and I was just like, you know what, okay. theater is not really what I want to do. So I'm just like, all right, cool. Now, I I do want to make videos. I who's going to do my music videos? So right, I'm just like, you right. know what, I need to I, I need to learn this shit. Yeah. I really need to learn. Can I swear on this podcast? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. You can say whatever the fuck you like hey, on this podcast. Man, yeah. that, man. <laughs> so I'm just like, who who's who's going to do it? So I'm just like, you know what, I, I might as well apply. I got I got accepted into the uh, Sheridan's Media Arts program, and um, I ended up doing it. And um, from there, I was just like, I, I, the, the the guys that work on my videos now are my mm. peers that I went to school with. So wow, nice, like, nice. It's it's really one of those things, and like a lot of people that that go to post secondary, it's it's you really pay for the network. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the true. information is like obviously you can find it, especially now in this day and age, you can get any, you can learn anything on YouTube, you can 100%. learn anything online, but it's really the network you're paying for. Yeah, so uh, it's a couple of things we you you talked about when you talk about film school and doing music and stuff. Mm is the importance of relationships. Yes. Relationship building. And I feel like, and I don't want to stereotype Toronto, but it seems like in the city, maybe it's any big city, that people tend to not value relationships that much. It's like, what can you do for me right now? You know? So, like, how important is it for you to build relationships with any of the people you come across in order to, like not even for yourself, right? Like just in general, like how important in your line of work is relationship building? It's extremely. It's I would say it's almost the most important, the most important thing. Because if you don't know how to do something, if you know somebody who knows how to do it, they can help you do it. Mm-hmm. The strength in numbers, man. 100%. Building relationships is the no matter in what field or what profession, it is the important thing. You have to network. You have to meet people. You have to. You're only one person. There's only so much you can do, and there's only so much time in a day. <laughs> it's very true. And I've learned that even for myself, you got to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, we've been talking about doing this podcast for a year, and I remember when I first approached you with the idea, and I was like, yo, he's probably going to be like, no. And that's just my general, like, I just think anybody's going to say no to me, right? Like, <laughs> you busy, man. You ain't got time to be talking on a podcast for a couple hours or whatnot. And you was, like, down from day one. Right. And I was like, yo, he's down, you know. OK. So when I finally 
we finally linked up to talk and I was like, yo, it's going to go like this. And you appreciated that I came through with you to talk to you first instead of being like, yo, just come over and we're going to talk and blah, blah, blah. And you, cause it, that would have been awkward. We wouldn't have built no relationship that way, man. It would just have been like, okay, is this like this is PR, you know, it's just, <laughs> this is like, you know, so I, I think it's great that you, you find relationship building very important. So, um, Last year, you performed at the ROM Friday mm-hmm. Night Live, right? And we we talked we we yeah. talked that night. And well, yeah, you, you were there that night. I was there that yeah. night, man. I came through to support. I was like, "Oh, Dell's performing. I gotta see this." You know, <laughs> was I that was the first there. performance you went to to see me? It was the first. I yeah, think so. Yeah, it was the first time I ever seen you. <laughs> I performed live, and I was with. I can't remember the theme of the night, but I remember telling. A lot of my friends like, yo, I, I know this guy, he's performing. Yo, we got to go check him out. And a large group of us came um, hey, through. That's love. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, that's man. I, it's all <laughs> love, man. It's all love. And um, they enjoyed you very much. Mm. They enjoyed you very much. But we talked after you performed, right? And things don't always go as planned when you perform. And there was a couple of hiccups you had that night that most people don't know about, but we had talked about when that type of adversity comes up when you're having a performance and you, you obviously prepare, right? And then shit happens, you know, shit happens. How do you deal with that adverse adversity to, to come out on top every time? There's a saying that, you know, the show must go on. (laughs) (laughs) So no matter, no matter what happens, man, you have to, you have to believe in your talent. You got to believe in your ability and you got to be so prepared so that if anything happens, you just have to know how to work with it. Like that, that night, uh, one of my backup singers got stuck in New York and I was Mm. just like, okay, damn, like now I'm down. Like these harmonies aren't going to work out as great. I was like, I had all these scenarios in my head, but I was just like, at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. If she can make it cool, if she can't make it, the show has to go on. Right, right. And she couldn't make it, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But I can tell you by the reaction of my friends, nobody knew that the backup singer you were supposed to have was well, his first time. First yeah. time playing with us. And like I think we had like one rehearsal, if that. Wow. So it was just like I, I told them I was like, you know, just do what you can and you know, it'll it'll work out, just have fun. And that's that's the that's another thing, man. It's just like you gotta even though when there's you're about to do a performance and there are nerves, the most important thing is as long as you're having fun because you know, if you if this is my craft, I love doing this. Right, I feel free right. when I'm out performing. Like I literally right. like blank out and I just like I don't overthink. I just do. Right, right. And you just need you need to have fun with it, no matter what you're doing. That's I agree with that. And I haven't found anything I have fun doing yet, man. So <laughs> I'm kind of envious of you. But so you know, um, talking about that, right? Like a lot of people don't end up doing what they love and they don't they don't enjoy it as much but you love what you do right so question for you though like when it comes to your music people always we live in a world of social media where everybody thinks their opinion is the right opinion about stuff like do you do you read the negative comments about your music or any comments at all or do you just like when you do read those things like how do you respond to them? You know, like, do you uh, just whatever? Does it bother you? Does it make you like, you know, if it's negative comments, does it make you want to work harder to create better music? Like, how do you react 
to any any negativity you may come across when it comes to young music. Like I like to I like to take everything in because I always like to, you know, take people well, like you said, everybody's got an opinion and it's mm-hmm. just always good to take everybody's two cents in, just to take it in. Um and just compare, you know, just take it as a grain of salt, man. If it applies to you, cool. If it doesn't apply to you, cool. And like it's also one of those things where like what am I trying to say? Music is so subjective, man. Not everybody's True. going to like you. Right, right. <laughs> and like that's just one thing. And like just going back to my my last response, you, as long as you're out there having fun, you're out there learning, you have somebody taping or recording it so you can grow from the experience, you're winning. <laughs> okay. You are okay. winning, man. Have you ever seen negative comments about your music on online or or anything or people saying crazy? crazy? I've heard I, I wouldn't say like crazy, but I've heard some things where it's just like damn, like I I don't agree. But right, it's just like right. it is. It is what it is, man. Right. It is what it is. You just got to take it with a grain of salt. And if it applies, if it applies, cool. If it doesn't apply, cool. So, how do you judge your own success, though? Like a lot of people, especially in music, success is based off, oh, you have this many number ones on the Billboard charts, or this many people bought the album, or you know, it's it's all about the consumer for the mm-hmm. most part as opposed to it is for for the artist like how do you judge like whether what's what you're doing like if it's successful you know like what are your criteria for me like accolades it's accolades are all by they're byproducts of the, of the process my whole mm-hmm. thing is it's like am i one am i happy doing what i'm doing two can i st- am I, can i do it forever <laughs> right that is success right because right. <laughs> honestly there's no there's no finish line mm-hmm. if i do a record if it goes number one am i going to stop no if I do a record and nobody hears about it, am I going to stop? No. <laughs> so honestly, it's there's it's when it, when you find out what your craft is, when you find out what your passion is, it's a it's a never ending road because that is what you are going to do. That is your calling. That is what your gift that you need to give back to people. So, have you ever created a song you yourself don't like? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> this is book. Um, this is book that I um uh, what was the book called? What was the book called? Uh forget i forget the name of the book but um uh the, who's it who's it by uh, i'm forgetting his name i'm forgetting his name he's a berkeley teacher though music teacher but um he said that like shit makes the best fertilizer <laughs> <laughs> shit makes the best fertilizer so there was a there was a point where because like, i produce as well so there's a point mm-hmm. where like for a month every single day i was going to make a, pro- a progression right, it, it could, right. It, if it turned into a song cool if it didn't turn into a song whatever and right. like literally like for that month, maybe two weeks, three weeks of that month, was shit that I that, that I didn't really like. <laughs> no, wrong, and like wrong. for the re- and like the other two weeks of that, have you ever released any of that music, or is this unreleased music? Unreleased music, man, oh, and it's okay. cool because like a lot of those things that you that you make that you don't like, mm-hmm. is the whole thing the the whole thing is you just need to get into the habit of creating, creating, mm-hmm. creating, creating. If you as long as you're consistent with it, things good things will come. Right, and like there were still there, like with a lot of those other pieces that I thought that were crap. <laughs> I can mm. still go back into there and hear them. Like, you know what? Oh, you know what? This drum pattern was kind of cool. Maybe the right, chords right. suck, and I can just take that and just reapproach it. So right. there's, as long as you are creating and you can keep that stuff and you can archive it and you can go back to to, to right. dig when you don't have inspiration, it, it can inspire something. So Have you ever released a song and after you released it, was like, damn, I could have did much. There was something that I could have did better on that song. Like, like you said, the drums or the vocals or something like have you released a song and listening to it after it's been released, you were like, oh, man, I could have did much better on that. Every song. 
Every song. Every song, Because <laughs> honestly, like, there, there's a saying, like, art is never really finished until you quit it. <laughs> right. And right. honestly, you can always keep going back and touch up something, touch up something, touch up something. So it'll never be finished. So it's really mm-hmm. one of those things, like, when it comes to, like, I'll tell you right now, this song, Closure. Mm-hmm. Like, when I play it live, we have drums on it. Right. For the right. record, I didn't want drums on it. Really? I didn't want drums on it. I wanted it to be an emotional I wanted it to be an emotional record, man. I wanted okay. it to be very like very uh this very what's the word? This very this very like like simple. Like <laughs> okay. less is more, man. Like when like when, melodic or like Yeah. Uh, I'll okay. I'll play it for you after actually. I'll play it for you after. I got, Please do, I got man. You, I got to listen to more but like, music. Yeah, but it was just like my uh, like the guys I was working with, they're like, "Yo, we need to put drums on this." But I'm like, you know what? I feel like it, it doesn't need drums, and mm-hmm. it was just like one of those things where it's just like, "All right, cool." Like I, when I play it, I play it with drums. But right. when I, when you play the record, like I I want it to be I want it to be different. Would you say sorry? W- yeah. Would you say that's part of the creative process? Is like you want it a certain way, but then maybe somebody working with a producer or something is saying to you, "Yo, if you put drums on it, or if you put some bass in, or some strings in it, it's gonna put the record over the top." Is that Part of the, that's part of the creative process. Of course, man, it happens all the time, man. And like, you should be thankful for that because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're in a room and you're just by yourself, and like, all right, cool, this is done, and you have nobody to bounce that idea off true, of, then it's going to be like, well, how are you supposed to grow? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I once had a when I was in university, um, I got my bachelor's degree in management, mm-hmm. and I once had a management professor, like in my senior year, say, um. If you ever in a room where you're the smartest person in the room, you in the wrong room. You know? I agree with that 100%. So is that something that would apply to music, right? If like if everybody is like, you like that? And they're like, yeah, 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 it's good. Like, does that really help you create the best music if everybody's just like, okay, that sounds cool. Like, I don't think nothing can be done with it that. Does, it does not, man. You, you can't have yes men. <laughs> you can't have yes men around you. That's what saying. the women say, too. Yeah, They're like, no yes men. It's, you know? it's, it's fact, Take man. control. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fact, man. You got you to gotta have people that are going to push, the, that's going to push and try to get more out of you as mm-hmm. an artist. Because if you're not pushing yourself or if you don't have people around you that are pushing you, then. Yeah, what are you doing? How right? are you growing? Like, <laughs> it's, all, it's all about growth. That's exactly. what I say, like. You got to be growing, man. That's, there's, there's so much you can learn mm-hmm. and from so many different people in this world, you know. And so, like, if you just you just believe what you believe to be the truth all the time, man, you're not really growing. No, you're you know? not, man. And, like, you know, people say that, you, you know, God created us with he, he created us with two ears and one mouth, so you need to listen twice. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. That's hear, true. Man. That's true. So, um what what are some of the biggest challenges you faced in the music business, man? Like, really, just financial, man. Financial money. Right. You need to have money to move. Money really it speeds up the process. Yeah. Like right yeah. now, like I'm at a I'm at a point where I built relationships with with like producers, mixing engineers, and like I have a, a solid like core of people who I I know I'm going to go to f- when I need to finish a record or if I'm going to do a record. So it's right. like I don't have to go and search for somebody to you know to mix my record. I know right, exactly who's right. going to do it. I know exactly who's going to mix it, master it, etc. You're but independent, like, right? Independent, you're not, man. You're not signed to any. Not signed, man. Okay, okay. Independent, man. Um, independent grind, and that's a whole other thing. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation that a lot of people don't understand when it comes to labels, because it's like, oh, you you're with a label, ah, oh, like you're you're doing yeah. stuff, but then a lot of people they, they don't understand like the business side of it and like what what right. actually what it actually means and how much you're actually taking home and actually how much 
like what's the actual cut when right. something happens to that record? How much you, do you own? Right. <laughs> You're probably spending more to do it than you are, you know, getting a return on investment as far as financially before you can get to that point where everything is is kosher so to say no you know 100 percent, man when i first started take performing for example when i first started to look for venues like i was just like i was trying to trying to get into perform nobody wanted to book me really nobody wanted to book me man they don't care how good you sound they don't care how like what your sound is they've never heard of you they nobody wants to book you why didn't they want to book you because you because they never heard of you because exactly that man i'm unknown it's like okay cool well how many people can this person bring so it's whatever like oh for them it's about numbers it's not about it's always about numbers at the end of the day so what did we start doing like my my marketing my marketing manager misho misho spencer shout out to misho spencer (laughs) shout Shout out to to misho man it's been a minute um what's it called uh we we started doing our own shit man we, nice. we he's he's got a he's got a dope connection to the, the nightlife industry so the, mm-hmm. obviously with that there's a lot of venues so talk to some people call in a few favors we just ran our own shows mm-hmm. instead of doing instead of trying to jump on other people's showcases we or jump on other people's showcases or shows or whatever we just started doing our own and then once you kept, once you uh we just kept it up and it was consistent with it and then showcases started reaching out to me nice yeah showcases nice. started re- reaching out to me and then like it, it was at a point where like I was, uh, I was only performing. I was performing myself. My roommate was playing keys, and I was running backtracks. Now, like I got a band, I got backup singers, and like right. was at a point where, like every single gig, I got to pay them out, and like a lot of that stuff comes from my pocket. And a lot of those gigs, it was pretty much I'm paying to, I'm paying to play my own material. Wow, yeah, really? And for like a good like year or two, it was just coming out of my pocket. But then now it's like I'm doing gigs like the Rom. I'm being asked to do like other like like uh, I, I did this like cool partnership with like Uniqlo. I, I, okay. I'm also doing this other thing with like uh with with Aces Computers that's coming out, but. But like it's it's one of those things like I start paying like I'm paying but now it's it's starting to come back. It's starting to come back yeah, to you. It's where starting I can to come pay, back where I can pay my band out. Nice. <laughs> so nice. it's like it's starting to come back and it's all it, and that goes to show like you get what you put in, man. You yeah, get what yeah. you put in. A lot of people are so and I think it's just this generation. It's just like where we want instant gratification. We true, want things now. True, we want things true. yesterday. We want to be. We want to make it. You know, we want to blow before we're thirty. But yeah, it's just like true, true, it's true. not real. It's not realistic, man. Yeah. And those and and the the people or the, the individuals that you see who are doing them, those are anomalies, man. You yeah. can't compare yeah. yourself to that. True. How do, how does it feel to go from people not wanting to book you because you're unknown to now like you're the headliner at the ROM for this next night? Like that's that's such a big accomplishment, man. To go from not being able to be bookable to like you're performing at Friday Night Live at the ROM, which is one of the I have to say, one of the more popular things to do in Toronto on a Friday night. Yeah. I, honestly, man, I just take I take it with a grain of salt, man. Like it's just one of those things where it's it's cool. Like I'm doing, I'm I'm doing my job. I'm right. doing my job, and people are receptive to it. Like at first, you know, when you sing or you do any kind of thing, you would like to show your friends and family. Actually, I don't even tell my friends and family a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. I like to put myself really? in a room where of people that I don't know. Fair, that's the only re- that's how that's, that's the only, only way, way you get, get an honest critique yeah 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 because family don't music, family don't want to hurt your feelings they don't want to tell you that like no i think you sound like shit this time yeah, around and you it's know funny know? because like on the bright on the other side like some family members will tell you that and only give you the tough love so it's like honestly it's just like i i'm not trying to perform in front of my friends i'm not trying to perform in front of my peers i want to perform in front of people who don't know me who have never heard me and like different age ranges man so how long did it take you to get booked at a, a venue without having to come out of your like own pocket or have to like when from when you couldn't get booked to people reaching out to you to book you like how long did that take to get to that point eight months 
Eight months. Eight months. There was a thing that Misha and I were saying, like we need to do a show every every month or every other month and keep it consistent, post to social media and make sure people are seeing it and people are seeing the reaction. And then from there, like the like the first show that I got booked to do was uh like the first time I performed at the Nod Club. I performed okay. at the Nod Club. There was uh there's an artist, I think his name was like Somo. Um he was doing a little a little tour and like they had me open for the guy. And um it was a dope show, man. Sold out, like five hundred people. Nice. nice. So like eight months. Nice. Like with anything, it's just all about consistency, man. So you've performed a lot. I have. You know. Can you remember what you would be considered the worst performance you ever had? The worst performance I've ever had. Hmm. Hmm. I remember this one show. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the venue. <laughs> That's how bad it was. You can't, you can't remember where it was. I can't remember the venue. Well, I don't want people to go back and look. It's like, oh damn, like, that was but like, I, it's it's. I wouldn't say like my singing was bad. It was just like the energy, because like you know sometimes you have to play. You have to play to the room, right? Right. So like sometimes you can be in a room, you can be in an atmosphere that's really like nice and chill and mellow. But if you're giving so much energy and you're giving like you know when it's a room when the room calls for and I'll go from one to ten. If a room calls for like a five or a six and you're mm-hmm. giving like fourteen. It could be uncomfortable. True, true. And like the re- the audience may not be as rea- you know receptive to it as you think it was. So like it was one of those situations. And mm-hmm. like you know, like Misho told me, some of my other guys like uh, they told me they're just like, yo, like you the, the the passion in your music it's undeniable. But like the mm-hmm. the the room people might have they might have been more receptive to it if you would have matched the room. So it's it's all about time and place. So time. from that you've learned to adjust, I imagine. From of course, man, you always have to know the rooms that you're going into, what the crowd's gonna be like. And, you know, what people want to hear. That's why, like, for me, like, I don't really love performing cover songs. But, like, right. sometimes you've got to. Like, right. for this ROM, for the, the ROM gig that's actually coming up this Friday, uh, November, November 9th. Like, I know people, People, some people will be there to see me. Some people are just going to be there to check out the exhibit. And some people are just there right. having a good time. So I need right. to keep the energy up. I need to keep the energy high. I need to keep it on, right. like, a 12. Right. So I need to keep all my, all the music that I have that's out or that I'm performing that's upbeat. That needs to be in the set. So I once heard a thing about, um, I think it was Maxwell. Okay. I was watching a Maxwell interview, and he said something about uh, performance songs people never heard before, right? Like if it's new music. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got Closure coming out on Thursday, mm-hmm. and you got the ROM performance on Friday. Are you going to perform Closure, or you think maybe it's, do you just go, maybe it's a bit too early to perform a song live that you just released the day before so with that it's funny because prior to this uh prior to closure being re- uh, being released on the thursday i perform closure all the time oh really yeah i perform music the unreleased music all the time ah, to test the room okay. so you okay, can kind of okay. see how receptive the people are Interesting. so like i know for this for this i performed i've literally been closure was written like almost two three years ago wow it's being released now but i've been wow. performing it and working that song for like the the, the last year and a half and that's the thing a lot of people don't realize. And like a lot, like every artist does it. Every right, artist right. does it, man. You gotta, you gotta test the material. So I know with the with the ROM being very fast paced, I know closure is not going to be on my set list. But once I do, okay. once I do my set and once people can find me, I'd be like, you know, what? you can find my new single, right? Closure that's out. I didn't perform it tonight, but you can hear it and hear me nice, perform it at nice. a later date. So, so when you feel the energy from the room, right? When you perform it now, will you change your set, like in the moment, um, to do like? Okay, I don't know if the room is feeling this. We were gonna perform X Y Z song. Now we're not gonna do that. Or because of the energy of the room, this song wasn't on. <coughs> excuse me, this song wasn't on the set list to play, but we are gonna play it now. Like, do you ever? Does that ever happen? No, 
No. no. I'm I'm the type of individual I like to be prepared for right. wh- wherever. So like maybe I'll over prepare. Like maybe like I'm performing seven songs at the this gig at the ROM. Okay. And um, sometimes I'll prepare like we'll we'll prepare like eight or nine. Okay. And then okay, if we need to I cut see. stuff, we can cut stuff. If we okay. want to do stuff, we can do stuff. I know with this performance, it's just like all right. Um, when it comes to some of the cover songs, if some people know it, you know what, we can extend the last, we can do like another double chorus and people mm-hmm. can get along. We can encourage, encourage people to sing and do a lot, a lot of call and response and actually engage the audience nice. if the energy is If the energy isn't there, we just call it short. Have you ever performed, I know there's a popular place to perform and I just thought about it because I was there last night. Mm. You ever perform at the Rex? The Rex. I haven't performed at the Rex. You haven't. I, haven't. I, was, I was there yesterday and there was a jazz band um, called the Hunter Tones. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I haven't heard no. of them. Just check them out. And it was dope. It was dope. And I was like, <laughs> it was crazy because I was sitting there and I was like listening to them. I was like, yo, I got Dell on a podcast tomorrow. We're going to have a recording session. I was like, I just imagine you being on the stage <laughs> performing. So I was like, yo, whatever thoughts I have, I got to get ready for for him <laughs> to be over tomorrow. That's in the right mindset. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently the Rex, they do a lot of, a lot of acts, man. So. Okay. It might be a little bit too small of a venue for you now, cause you're blowing up, brother. Oh, you're man, blowing stop. up. <laughs> you, you gotta. That's that's one thing. I always I always make sure that I'm humble, man. I, I wear these two dog. I got these dog tags that I like. I never take off, and I leave mm-hmm. them blank because you know my parents immigrated here from like West Africa before like that civ- the, before the Civil War in Liberia happened, right. man. So like right. we come from nothing. So I leave it blank to remind myself to humble myself. So even like when I do make it and like I have a record that's multi platinum, I'm still gonna be the same man that's here on your podcast today, man. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I hope you come back again when you know whatever happens. Send the invite. (laughs) I I definitely will send you know you know me, man. Organize, you know, send those Google invites, man. Hey man. So as a vocalist, you know, that's your that's your skill, right? Mm -hmm. That's your talent. You know, that's your job. It's very important to keep your voice, you know. Intact, so you can do so. Like, what what do you do to take care of your voice? I know you just said you got a vocal coach now um, to help you with with um, you know rehearsals and things like that. But like, as a vocalist, like, what are things you do to make sure your vocal your <coughs> excuse me your vocals your voice is at its peak efficiency all the time? So there's a little regimen that I got. So you have to. You obviously have to warm up your voice. It's just like anything. If you're playing a if you're playing a ball game, you got to stretch. If you're mm-hmm. working out, you don't just throw like all the plates on the <laughs> on the weight and try to lift it. No, I, I warm up. I got this. I got this tape that I uh, that I bought that has like a bunch of like warm up lessons. That has a bunch of warm up exercises as well as lessons. And uh, I use it anytime I'm anytime I'm singing, anytime I'm doing any serious things. So if I'm doing any kind of <coughs> studio stuff, or if I'm even just like writing, or if I'm going to do a performance, or if I'm going to a rehearsal, I do this warm up. And okay. it's like a like what. And uh, like to they got like a shorter version where you can do it in like 15, 20 minutes. But mm-hmm. like if you want a full work, like full warm up workout, like an hour. So for like real, yeah, really, man. you really warm up for an hour. Dude, before you, got, you have to warm, if you really want to if you really want to have access to like if I really want to have access to all right. my range, because like I, I have a I would say I'm like a baritone tenor. Um, but like I have a like my falsetto, like I have a wide range, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. wide range, and for me to get there to hit those notes and to hit it freely without it like cracking, I need I need to be warm, man. So when you warming up, right? Like so you could you say you can do up to an hour. Like how long before you're about to perform do you usually warm up? Is it like an hour before you perform, or like you warming up two hours, two and a half hours, or like like. I didn't lost my track of my thought. My like, yeah. Well, to, to to answer the first question, so like if I know if I'm let's say 
the day just started right now. It's eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. I know I'm performing a gig at seven. I better be vocal ready, vocal ready before noon. Really? Before noon. Like so you're I, warming up several hours before you Several even hours before, making sure I'm warm before I go into whatever rehearsals. And then I do like the light warm-ups beforehand because obviously you don't want to like exude all the, your energy and exude right. your voice. You don't want to burn yourself out. But you, I always want to make sure I'm like vocally ready before like I leave my house. Before wow, my for house. real. Like two weeks ago I was doing this. Uh, I can't talk. Well, I'll leave it vague, but I was doing this TV thing. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and um, literally like I was vocally ready like six o'clock in the morning. So wow. I'm up at five. Up at five in the morning, like showering. I like I, my my singing voice started in the shower. The <laughs> there, so That's where like, everybody's singing yeah, voice right. started, man. Yo, it's yo, always in the shower. Word, no word of a lie. Like I'll put like I should make this into a playlist, but like I'll play like <laughs> Usher. You don't have to call in the shower. Uh-huh. Followed up by like ba- uh, you know, Baca's Money in the Bank. <laughs> <laughs> yo, it's 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 hype. And then like I'll get out of the shower and like I whatever else plays after that, as long as it's hype and my energy's good. And then I warm up and I'm like vocally ready for like seven o'clock. Seven wow. o'clock for me to do whatever thing I need to do. So you just need to. It's there's a, there's a saying. You just gotta stay ready. So you gotta get ready. <laughs> true, true, yeah, true. So true, it's yeah. just like, just be, just be ready. So do you when you um, because you play the keys as well, right? Mm-hmm. So like, rehearsals for a performance. Do you ever rehearse at the venue? Do you get there at a certain time? Like, are you allowed? I don't know how the rom is gonna work out, right? But. Are you allowed to get to a venue several hours before um, people are supposed to show up to see you perform to to go through? Because, you know, you got your own warm ups for your vocals. but Then I know you got to warm up with the band as well. So then you can work out any any um, details, I guess you should say. Mm. So, like, how how early um, do you like to get to a venue before you're supposed to perform? And have your band come to the venue to, to rehearse. So with this, it's like depends on the gig. I know for this ROM gig, like I had I had a rehearsal last night with uh, uh with my backup vocalist. Okay. We have another rehearsal on Wednesday with the band. So like okay. we I figured out all my vocal we figured out all the vocal stuff, all the harmonies before the band. We get together so we're in the room with the band, so we can figure out all the band stuff. Like I already have it pre planned in my mind exactly what I want from them. Mm-hmm. So I explain it to them and then we run through it until it's right. And then the day of the show, you have to, they, they actually tell you to be there early because the, they obviously have to sound check. Right, so, right, right, right. Um, sound check's the time to work out whatever else, That's going whatever on. else is going on. But like technically we're ready, we're material wise, we're ready before then. But there's usually always <coughs> a sound check. So are there some things you can do before you do a performance vocally? Like, should you not eat food a certain time before? Or like drinking water all day? Or like, is like any of those things that. <clears throat> You shouldn't do before you do a performance. Um, stay away from dairy. Stay yeah. away from dairy. Do not <laughs> eat cheese. Do not drink a huge glass of milk because uh, that builds mucus, and right. mucus is what you don't want. It's what's going to make your voice crack. It's it's what you don't want. I know for me personally, uh, like I, I think it varies from person to person, but like I don't love to eat like huge meals. So like if mm-hmm. I got a gig. In the evening time, maybe I'll have like a light lunch and then like I'll just stay hydrated. Stay hydrated until after the show because obviously with nerves and if you eat a lot and then mm-hmm. whatever else and you don't have to go to the bathroom and right, whatever, right, right, whatever right. else. Do you drink a lot of water just printed per, depending on how much range? Because I know I remember seeing years ago Robin Thicke before he became really big. This is like Lost Without You. Um, classic tune, by the way. Classic, classic <laughs> tune. Love that song, man. Love that song. And... um. I remember he was like he was at some radio station I think doing a performance, 
And he's like, I got to drink some water because he's in a high falsetto um, when he's singing that song. Is that something that's like water help with the vocal range? So the warm ups, the warm ups help with all that stuff. Water, <clears throat> you need water to you need to stay hydrated, mm-hmm. so you you so you maintain that flexibility because your muscles, the, the the muscles in your well, the vocal cords are muscles. Right. They, they're flexible. Right. They're like they they bend and they need to be flexible. If it's dry, obviously it's going to crack. That's where you're going to get the cracks. But once you're vocally warm, it's important that you stay hydrated. If you're drinking any teas, um, honey lemon tea. Don't drink green tea because it uh it dries it dries out your throat. Really? Um, yeah. Didn't know that. Cause yeah. I'm always drinking green tea. Not that I'm doing any vocal. But even before podcast, if you're doing a lot of talking, you want to be clear, like uh, stay away from green tea, stay away from green tea. Um, uh, Put a lot of honey in your your honey lemon tea. I usually have like a teaspoon of just honey by itself. For real. I'll have like warm water. Don't drink cold water before you go up and sing. Really? Yep. Why not? Why not not cold water? Um, It constricts your vocal cords. Oh, because it it makes them cold. I see what you're saying. You know, you want it to be warm. You want it to be loose. Okay. Like, yeah. And like even when it comes to the vo- these vocal warm-ups, like if I were to do some of these vocal warm-ups for you, like this regiment, mm-hmm. you would be like, you'd be like, you can go ahead and try, man. This nigga's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> man it's, it's for real. Like this is one thing where it's like a it's like a sang ah. So it's like uh, you start off with your head voice and go all the way down to your chest voice. So it's like ah, and you even go up like higher, but it's like. You do uh, that for like. Sound like five. you were refreshed, man. Well, you know, I just like came <laughs> back. I just came back from. <laughs> I just came back from a vocal workshop, man. Actually, shout out to Lorraine Lawson. She's she's dope. She's a dope vocal coach in the city. Uh, working with like Roy Woods. Working with like nice. She's nice. like working with Celine Dion. She's like oh for real, like wow, the, wow. She's like the person. Like so, yeah. That's that's dope, man. Thanks for the. Uh I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I never. I I did. <laughs> I don't know. I know when I was in theater. Uh, uh, little side note: A lot of people don't know. I went to school for theater. Fun fact. Well. Fun fact. <laughs> so, um, I never, I never got into any plays or anything, but, um, I would do tech, right? Because when you're in a theater student, yo, you got to be hands on deck mm-hmm. all the time. If you ain't in a show, you teching a show. If you ain't teching a show, you watching a show and you writing about the show for a class. So, like, <clears throat> they warm up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, <clears throat> Should have drank some warm water before I started. <laughs> so one of the warmers they would always do is they would count numbers and go up one and then go down and then go all the way up. So, for example, they'd be like one, one, two, one, one, two, three, two, one, one, two, three, two. Oh, I already fucked up. I already <laughs> fucked up. So is that something? Do you know? Is that something you do? Like how many, how many vocal um, warm-ups do you do in a day? In a day, well, it just depends how much I'm singing. Like on a, it's it's good to get in the routine of doing it every day. So like like mm-hmm. I said, like the hour routine, you can cut it down. It's like 15 minutes, just like as a warm up. So the days that I don't have to sing, I just warm up just because it's just a force of habit. So in case I'm in a position where I have to sing and I don't have that much time, I can have I can at least give a believable performance. <laughs> okay, okay. In like 15, 20 minutes. So yeah. So what you what you gonna sing to us? Uh, Sorry, what you gonna sing to the one lady that's in the room right now? <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, out here, you know. Uh, that's kind of why I asked her to come over because I didn't want it to seem like you were singing for me. So I was like, <laughs> you know, she coming through. She's she's helping me with some stuff, but you know, you know, a few. Oh you, man, you can tell her she don't have to call. You don't have to call. Hey, situations will arise. Uh, in a lie, sing it, boy. But you gotta be smart about it, Cella. 
celebrations mm. with the guys I sacrificed because I knew you could not sleep without it. Meanwhile, I. I mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm going to give you. That's what I'm going to give you. I thought you. Say that. <laughs> you were my girl. Hey, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man, for bringing this up. So hey, that was that up? was dope, man. I, I, I'm aspiring now. I want to take some vocal lessons. Hey. So I can get it. So I can get it cracking. I want to say this here on the show, man. Anybody can sing. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm tone deaf, and like, but anybody <clears> can <throat> learn to sing. It's literally just like lifting weights. You can do it. For real? Yeah. You can go from 15 pounds to putting like 245s on a, on a, on a, well, on a bench press and, and lifting it. Okay. So maybe we can do a duet, man. So you know what? Your next performance, you need a backup, backup singer? <laughs> what you saying Friday? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be there, man. You know, I'll be there. Just call me on the stage and turn my mic off and then we good. We good. Well, we good. <laughs> so... Friday, November 9th at the ROM. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the next performance. Any next other performance. performances happening in November? Uh, not in November, but I have another one that's already booked for December, Saturday, December 16th. Okay. It's going to be at Night Owl, which is on College Street. Uh, going to be a little showcase with uh, okay. Ice Cream Music. Shout out to them for putting on for the, the local talent in the city. Um, but yeah, man. Dope, man. Dope. So, so listen, man. I'm really happy you came through. Thanks for coming out. To my beautiful studio. <laughs> any, any, anytime. Anytime, uh, man. If people want to, you know, look you up, see what you got going on, where can they find you? You can find me at DelHartley.com. You can also find me on Instagram, official. And mm-hmm. honestly, just Google me. Like, I'm, I'm definitely one of those artists who put Del Hartley in the Google search. Like, the entire first page will be me. <laughs> Dope. There's not a lot of Del Hartleys out there, man. Not a lot of Del Hartleys, So, man. You, you might be the only one. You might. It's, it's almost like Redmond... Well, I don't want to say my last name. <laughs> you don't want to say your government. I don't want to say. I don't want to say my government name. You know, but like Redmond is like the family name, yo. So hey. it's like dope. It's unique. You don't hear it often. You're the first. I know. Redman I know. That's why I'm supposed second to be Redman, like. Second Redmond. I know. Second Redmond. Second. I'm the second. Redmond, yo. Redmond. Redmond method. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. I'm about to be doing music too. Just you know, I'm about to hit you in the studio and let you know. What I got going on? All right, cool. That's that. good. Hey, as, so, long, as, as long as you happy and you and you do it with fun and you do it with conviction, I'm I'm gonna try, man. I'm gonna try. So, <laughs> yeah. So thanks for coming out. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can go to our website at youngprostalk.com. Like us on Facebook, Young Pros Talk. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Young Pros Talks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.